Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of To Your Health. I appreciate it very much. Uh, it is... Wednesday, June the 23rd, the last day of my 66th year, and we are here, I am here in my office studio, which I am happy to say I've got my microphone working again, I got me a new cable. John Ray, my producer, is in his business studio there at Renaissance Bank at uh, Windward Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia. We appreciate them letting John have a studio there, that's very nice. John, how are you? I'm doing great, glad to be back. Uh, live inside Renaissance Bank. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I'm still at my studio in my office because the schedule just doesn't really allow me to get down there where John is very easily. And we learned many things during the pandemic. And one of them was that we can do this kind of thing and do it fairly successfully. So we're going to do it this way until we can't or until it doesn't work. Um, I'm talking today about a subject that I think will be interesting to a lot of people. I think it'll be pertinent to a lot of people because we've had so much upheaval with the pandemic. We're going to talk here in a few minutes about stress and burnout and the difference between the two, because it turns out there's a difference between the two. Uh, But first, I want to give a little bit of a COVID-19 update. I want to talk a little bit about some things that I run into in the office that I think if people understand it a little bit better, they might not... Uh, be confused about some of the things about this pandemic. The first one is people come in and they say, I want you to check my antibodies. Haven't had a vaccine. I'm not going to get a vaccine. Just check my antibodies. I'm pretty sure I had COVID and I think I'm immune to it. Well, that's all well and good. And you can certainly do that, but it's really a waste of money because if you do check the antibodies and they are positive, it tells you absolutely nothing. Having positive antibodies to COVID-19 does not mean that you're immune. It does not mean you can't get the virus again that day. It doesn't mean you don't need a vaccine. It doesn't mean really anything except that you have been exposed to or infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus. That's what it means. And, and that's honestly, that's all it means. So don't, go to the doctor to get your antibodies checked because it really is a waste of your time and it's a waste of theirs. And it's it's just not going to do you any good. And when the doctor says, you know, you really ought to get a vaccine, go get a vaccine or go get a doctor that you trust. If you don't trust your doctor when he tells you you need a vaccine, then you need somebody you can trust. You read a lot right now about variants of this virus. Now, interesting, what you don't read, not in the scientific literature. You probably see it on the famous internet and all of its literature, but you see a lot about variants. What you don't see is different strains. And the difference is a variant is a a new, basically new virus, SARS-CoV-2, that might do things a little differently. But what it doesn't do differently is react in an immunologic manner differently. So these strains you hear about the Delta strain that came out of Europe, the one that devastated India and is becoming more and more and soon to be the most prominent one in America, will still respond 
or the vaccine still makes you immune to this variant. So you don't need a new different vaccine. It's the same vaccine. The, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines specifically are proven to be very effective against the variant. So that's a very good thing. But it is a good reason to get a vaccine because if you had uh, COVID-19 in the past and you're thinking you're immune, and we just talked about that, doesn't mean you are. But if you're thinking you are, you're not at all immune to this variant. I can promise you that. And the Delta variant is much more uh, likely to cause an infection. It's much more contagious. It's a bigger deal. It's a bigger problem. And all that can be solved by just getting the vaccine. Just get a vaccine. So I ask most people if they haven't had it, or are you going to get a vaccine? And, you know, you can tell by the way they answer the question if they're ever going to. You know, if, you have, if I say, well, have you had a vaccine? And they say, no, there might be a chance that those people won't get a vaccine. But when I say, have you had a vaccine? They say, no. I know that they're very unlikely to. And the other day, one of my favorite responses, was I'm not getting vaccines, not a vaccine anyway, it's gene therapy. <laughs> and it was late in the day, and I'd had the discussion many times, and I said, you know, I'm just going to let Darwin sort this one out because I'm just too tired to have that discussion today because there are just some things you just can't argue. Um, my partner, Dr. Kendrigan, had someone just this week who told him that he wanted to get the vaccine, but he had people in the family who said that if he got the vaccine, he would, he would infect the non-vaccinated people in the family with spike protein. And that's, that's just wrong in so many ways. It did tell me that the person knew something about the vaccine because the vaccine is made with spike protein from SARS-CoV-2. So the way it works is you get exposed to the virus. The virus has these spikes that make have the corona look and so these spikes attach to your tissues and that's how it infects you so the vaccine does not have virus in it it just has spike protein DNA or rna in it so when it gets into your body it produces spike protein your body receives that causes creates an antibody to the spike protein and if you get exposed to the virus later it sees that spike protein attacks it and you don't get sick but they were going to get sick with spike protein which would be the first time in the history of the world that anybody ever got infected with spike protein. So I thought that was interesting. And then lastly, and it won't be the last time for this one, I'm sure, hydroxychloroquine, back in the news again last week, um, got into a, I don't know, is it a discussion or an argument when it's on Facebook and it's just one comment after another? I'm not sure what it is. Uh, for me, it was an argument. I think for them, it might have been the same. But the text string was about hydroxychloroquine. It's been shown to work. I knew it all along. It works. And there are some reports, not studies. There are some reports that said that people who were on ventilators did well when given hydroxychloroquine. Well, you might remember my video from about nine months ago that people with Ford F-150s do well and don't get SARS-CoV-2 either, and both of those are a load of crap. But be careful what you read, okay? If you're going to try to follow this thing at all, read something scientific. 
don't listen to what they said because they typically don't know what they're talking about. Stress and burnout. Who hadn't been stressed? I mean, everybody on the planet has been stressed in the last year and a half, for crying out loud. And if you look at the characteristics, the things that happen to people, what they feel and experience when they are stressed or burnt out, there's similarities, but there are big differences, too. The stress is characterized by an over-engagement in whatever you're doing. If you're stressed at work, you're probably more engaged, more involved, thinking about it more and that kind of thing than you would if you weren't stressed. And your, your emotions are on edge. They're sort of overreactive. And it gives you a, a feeling of hyperactivity almost or urgency. You know? and, and this leads, ironically, to a loss of energy. So you become tired. You can have anxiety. And the, the primary end, end result or the, the damage, if you will, from stress is a physical thing. It's uh, ulcers and headaches and rashes and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a physical phenomenon in most cases. When you reach the point of burnout, it's really characterized by disengagement and not the over-engagement. People that pull back, their emotions are blunted. They have feelings all too often of helplessness and hopelessness. And this is one of the things that we question people about in the exam room when they're coming in and they're having either stress symptoms or, or depressive symptoms. It, it makes you lose motivation. Uh, it makes you be less engaged. Like I said, you're, you're detached, often depressed. And the primary damage or effect from burnout is more emotional. Now, burnout certainly may be the result of excessive stress, but they don't mean the same thing. Uh, when, when you're burnt out, there's a, a cycle, if you will, of negative emotions. There's this real paralysis of, of what to do and how to do things. It's not a physical paralysis, obviously, but it's a paralysis of thought, a paralysis of process, and, and you become withdrawn. It's the body's response to putting too much effort into something without taking in what you require to restore yourself. It's kind of like people that are, are sleep deprived. You know, if you're working all day and you're not sleeping, then you're not getting what you need to restore yourself. And restoring is very, very important. We've talked about that on other podcasts. Burnout's a, a mental, emotional and physical exhaustion. I mean, it, it's, it's unlike what most people have felt, fortunately, uh, even those people who are fairly stressed. And it leads to a diminished interest in performing tasks and a diminished ability to perform tasks. So if you're a, a worker somewhere and you're doing work, you're working, I'm going to throw out an example here, circuit boards, and you're making circuit boards and very fine work's got to be done. It would it be very, very difficult to do that kind of thing if you are burnt out. Now, you can also have physical symptoms, and people will find, and this goes along with what I've said already to a degree, low energy, headaches, muscle tension. Most of that muscle tension is going to be in the, the neck and head and neck area. Digestive disorders, 
And, you know, you might have gastritis with some abdominal pain. You might have a heartburn. You certainly could have some of the things I mentioned with stress where you have like ulcers even and that kind of stuff. That's not at all uncommon. And your immune system can be depressed. So you can have other frequent colds and that kind of thing. Sleep, I mentioned, a change in your sleep patterns are very common consequence with both these things, but it's much more severe when you are in the burnout stage. And if you look at the mental symptoms, mental symptoms are the symptoms really that, that you see in someone who's depressed. And I think the difference to me is causation more than anything else. You know, if you look at why people are burnt out, there's these reasons. And often there you can't identify reasons people are depressed. But you might be sad. You might feel inadequate. You're certain to feel frustrated. And people feel unappreciated. And, and probably more often than anything else, they're irritable. They're irritable. I saw a gentleman this week who is very successful, has a very successful company, has had other successful companies, and he's dealing with irritability. And we had a long discussion about the fact that this is just a symptom of what's really going on, and there's ways we can help with that, and that's great, and I love doing that, and people get their life back and so forth, but you have to recognize it first in order to do anything about it. And then, you know, as things get worse, you do see people who are withdrawn. You see people who have accidents. And, you know, a lot of the people who are burnt out are not C-level employees. A lot of these people are assembly line types. And, and if you're in a plant or a factory and you're working with machinery, you got to be careful because if you're not paying attention, that's one of the first things you lose is the ability to focus, then you're likely to have an accident. My dad was in the textile business and they used to, brag with great big posters and banners and probably still do about how many days they've been with zero accidents. Uh, and it was a, it was a huge deal. And we're talking 1960, 1970, uh, before people paid as much attention as they do now to that kind of thing. It wasn't any OSHA around to tell them what to do, but they were intent on not having accidents. And if you're not careful when these people are out there, you're going to see that. And then if you are running the business, you got to be concerned about this because you're going to have more sick days. You're going to have people who are, are uh, abusing alcohol often in the evenings, if not at work, but certainly often in the evenings. And, you know, they're not going to be at their best. So it's a very important thing to recognize. It's an important thing to try to do everything you can to make it better. And there are a lot of things that you can do, uh, and we can help. Um, here at the practice, I think we can help a, a good bit with that kind of thing. But the number one thing is recognizing it. And people who are stressed can see a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. They just don't often figure out a way to get to that light. And I think another problem is that all too often that light is, in fact, an oncoming train. <laughs> so there's just another stress in your life that you end up having to deal with. Now, if you look at stress versus burnout, stress involves too many pressures that demand too much from you, either physically or psychologically. My usual phrase in the office is that you're being asked to do too much for too many people in too little time with too few resources. And if you are stressed and have been and you think about the situation, you can probably 
figure out that a lot of that applies to your situation. And stress really is just a day-to-day experience where burnout's a more serious consequence of the build up too much stress that causes a person to really shut down. So it's sort of the end result of all this stress if it's not uh, turned around, if it's not turned in a better direction. If the stress persists on a full scale for a long period of time, then you are absolutely at increased risk of burnout. Although stress is an essential prerequisite for burnout, burnout's not necessarily the result of too much stress. Burnout can happen just because of repetitive work. It can happen because of other factors that have nothing to do with, with that at all. And you just have to be aware of how you're feeling. You have, to, you have to be honest with yourself, frankly, about how you do feel and how you're putting up with day-to-day life. People that are stressed often function perfectly fine, some even at an, a higher level, but that doesn't mean it's not having an impact on them either psychologically or physically. They can still do all the tasks of their jobs that are required because the different people can bear or can withstand different levels of stress for different periods of time. It's not the same for everybody by a long shot, but this is quite a contrast to the people who are experiencing burnout. Um, Burnout uh, once you get to that point, it's sort of, sort of an all-or-none phenomenon. It causes people to basically become non-functional. Uh, and, and fortunately, we don't see a great deal of this, uh, but we do see it. And it's a, a shame when we do because I do believe, that, I, like I mentioned, that it is something that we can, can help prevent. You see so many people who are just exhausted. And a lot of these people are stressed, but a few of these people are already, in fact, burnt out. They have diminished interest interest in life as a whole. Uh, And you have to be careful with people like that because, unfortunately, people like this sometimes get very hopeless and we all know that that can end on someone taking their own life. And there's nothing I can think of that would be worse than that. So I think it's very important for anyone that's listening. If you are feeling this way, make an appointment and see your doctor. If you have a friend or a loved one that's feeling this way, talk to them about this and refer them to the podcast. Let them listen. Maybe they'll get an idea about what they should do, but they should see someone because there is help out there for this. And if, if you look at, at burnout, there are stages of burnout. It doesn't just happen, boom, all at one time. And I want to talk about those stages, but first I want to take a second to thank you again for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it so much. I see someone every week that comments about it and it really means a lot to me. Um, I think most everyone's aware that Mara Family Medicine now has officially become part of Village Medical, a national uh, primary care uh, group of physicians, and I'm very excited to be part of this. I made the choice to align with this national organization 
so that I can spend more time just taking care of patients. I can leave the financials, the technology, the operations end of it to a company that does that extremely well, a company that also supports patients extremely well. And over the next month or two, you're going to see that our names on our signage and everything does change to Village Medical. Our people are already wearing Village Medical scrubs, but I need you to be assured that you'll get the same care that you did when we were called Morrow Family Medicine. My email is still going to be on my business card. And as I tell anyone that's interested, if you're ever not treated in our practice the way you think you should be, send me an email. Tell me. I can't fix it if you don't tell me. But if you tell me, I can fix it. And I do want to fix it. I want it to be the way you want it to be here. Everybody here does. And so if you'll tell us when it's not right, we'll do everything we possibly can to make it right and make it be the home that you would like to have for your primary care. So I'm going to finish up with the five stages of burnout. As I say that, it almost sounds like a Steve Martin routine, but there are five stages. The first one's the honeymoon stage. And that's really when you're not experiencing a whole lot is a time when you might have high job satisfaction, you feel committed and energetic and creative. And these feelings are great as long as you can remain positive. But if you're stressed to the degree that we've been describing, very few people are able to maintain that honeymoon stage. Stage two is referred to as the balancing act where you don't have the, the unbridled optimism and positivity of stage one, you're now clearly aware that some days are better than others as far as handling stress on the job. You might start to feel some job dissatisfaction. You might start to recognize work inefficiencies. You might be distracted and start losing stuff, even on your desk. You start to feel some of the fatigue we talked about, sleep disturbances. Sleep's incredibly important. We've talked about that on a couple of podcasts already. And you might enter into some escapist activities like eating and drinking and smoking, even just zoning out in front of the TV. And then stage three is called chronic symptoms where you have a, a real intensification of some of these indicators where you start to really feel a chronic exhaustion and you might have some physical illness and then you might also start to get some of this anger and depression. Stage four is a crisis stage. Symptoms become really critical. The physical symptoms intensify. They increase in number, frequency, amplitude even, and you start obsessing about the work frustrations and that makes the frustrations increase and that makes you obsess more about the work frustrations and it's a, a cyclical problem there. You could have pessimism and self-doubt dominate your thinking. It can be the kind of thing you just can't get away from it and you really develop that escapist mentality. I, I tell somebody all the time, I say, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that are, quote, missing 
And a lot of those people aren't really missing. They know exactly where they are. They got the hell out of here and they're on a mountaintop in Montana by themselves away from all these other people who were making them be burnt out. And then the last stage is their word for it. And this article I read was enmeshment, which is an interesting word. And this is where the symptoms of burnout are just so embedded in your life that you're more likely to be labeled as having some significant physical problem than you are to be called a burnout case because basically you've gotten sick in some fashion from being burnt out. So I hope, I hope people will be more aware of what they're feeling, what their friend is feeling, their coworker is feeling, and will be able to identify and maybe have a conversation with people or an honest inward look at themselves and conversation with themselves about how they feel, what is affecting their happiness in their life, what's giving them some, what's taking it away, and in some way be able to better deal with stress before you get to the point of being burnt out. John, that's what I got on stress and burnout. Just a little happy birthday. You're not going to sing, are you? (laughs) No singing, but uh, I had to give you a little happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will be 67 tomorrow, June 24th, and the year of our Lord, 2021. Well, happy on behalf of all your listeners, and you got a lot of them, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. (laughs) So uh, let's get to a couple questions that we've got here, though. So um, uh, I guess one on burnout, one on uh, COVID-19, Lord help us. Uh, So on, uh, you talked about the difference between stress and burnout. What difference does it make is basically the question. I mean, you know, if I'm, whether I'm, do I, do I need to know whether I'm stressed or burned out? I know I'm, I'm wig, I'm winged out. Right. Right. right? I I see your point. And, and it, it, to some degree, it might be splitting hairs, but also it's, it's a little bit, it's a difference of degrees. Okay. It's a difference also, I think, in being able to come back from that edge. You know, because when you talk about enmeshment and burnout, the last stage where it's just kind of encompassed your entire body and life, it's, I think it can be very difficult to come back from that, at least with, you know, simple medication and not years of medication and therapy and so forth um, and, and lifestyle change. I think that's something you'd have to do. But I think if you're, if you're stressed, there's a lot that you can do to alleviate that stress. If that stress is having an impact on you emotionally, there's a lot you can do for that, that we can help with. But if you're, if you're burnout and you're entering into the later stages of burnout, I I think you are, you're really at risk. And I I think that's the point is that these people can be at risk more than others. Uh, So I, I appreciate your point because it sounds like the difference between a Ford Taurus and a Mercury Sable, but, uh, I think there is a definite difference. 
we've gotten three emails from folks that are TO'd because they went out and bought a Ford F-150 at your advice. And they're now they've just discovered you just admitted that does not prevent you from getting COVID-19. I did not admit that. <laughs> I have a Ford F-150 and I never got COVID-19. I thought you just said that you made a video on that, but it wasn't true. I thought you just admitted that, but you didn't, I didn't think I, if I said it wasn't true, I lied. Cause so oh, okay. far, I don't know anybody that has a Ford F-150 that got COVID-19. So I know people that drive Dodge Rams and they got COVID-19. So are you, you and I going to admit to listeners why it is we're the real reason why we're in separate studios? It's because we're magnetic and our foreheads were sticking together and you've been off too long. I can tell that <laughs> I know it. We, all you got to do is take what, what, uh, one two week period off and, and, uh, it goes downhill. Right. That's exactly right. Well, um, no, seriously, I think the, uh, it's really important for folks to pay attention to what's going on and what they're hearing from other people that identify and see things in them, see things in them that they can't see themselves. Yeah. I think that's very important. And, you know, if you have one good friend, you're an incredibly lucky person. And I would ask anyone to figure out who that good friend is. And if you feel like you're having difficulty, talk to them because you'll never, you'll never be sorry for it. Uh, I think so, what I heard, I think what I heard, uh, Jim was, um, you know, lots of folks get worried, like, you know, when moral family medicine becomes village medical and what I heard you say in what you just shared was you actually were sitting and speaking with a patient quite a while about where they are and what's going on. And people get worried about that, whether that's still going to be the case and yeah. it's still the case. It's not going to be a bit different. Yep. You know, if I, if I'm walking to your room to see you and I'm 20 minutes late getting in there, the reason is because I was in that other room, maybe the room before that or two for an extra 20 minutes because somebody needed that 20 minutes mm -hmm. and I don't care how long you need. I'm going to sit there till you're, till you're, you know, done till we're done till we get things figured out. And then I'm going to apologize in the next several rooms, but I'd rather do that than have somebody come in and feel like I didn't have time for them. Cause I can promise you I do. We all do here. Good work, man. Keep it Thanks, up, buddy. I appreciate you. I appreciate our listeners so very much. Uh, look forward to talking in two weeks. I have no idea what it'll be about, but we will figure that out. And for now that is to your health. 